Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friends over at SG World. If you are ever in need of innovative, useful, and problem-solving safety products, join me in supporting a great company and just a great bunch of folks at SG World. You can find the link down below in the show notes to let them know that the Hop Nerd sent you. This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Sam Goodman, the Hop Nerd. I'm bringing you another episode of the Hop Nerd Podcast. How are things going around in your neck of the woods? I've got to tell you, things are uh, fun here. I, I hope that comes through in some of these podcasts, that I'm having an absolute blast. And I'm here to tell you that uh, you should be too. Life's too short to be having anything other than just amazing, unabridged fun. And, and that's what I'm doing. And that's what you should be doing. And the whole funnest part of this whole thing for me is getting to be out here trying to make things better, trying to be of service, trying to be helpful. And I don't know, that just ties it all all together for me. I, I, I just I just absolutely love it. I'm just having a blast. I hope you are too. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. Thank you for being a part of 250 God knows how many episodes at this point. It just shocks me. It amazes me. And I'm so thankful and grateful to see each and every one of you continuing to tune in and listen to us talk about all things human and organizational performance, all things about trying to make the world a better place to work, and all things safety better, making safety suck less. And speaking of which, I just published a new book. Yeah, right. Not me. Right. Not not me. That's not like I not like I write books or anything. I don't know. I, I love writing. Writing and podcasting are like my two most favorite ways to just like express myself and kind of be helpful at the same time. So you know, way back when I wrote the original "Safety Sucks" the bullshit in the safety profession they don't tell you about, which then led to like a second edition of that. The first edition is better. I mean, I'll I'll, t- I'll tell you that's right. You should just go with the first one. <laughs> Just brutal, brutal honesty. Uh, but then led to Safety Sucks the Manifesto that I, I authored with my near and dear friend Ian Allison and WTFRM. What the fun? Get your minds out of the gutter. What the fun really matters. Uh, excellent, excellent, fun little short read if you're looking for something to, uh, I don't know, read while you're on the plane, traveling in the summer, doing something like that. But on, on to the new one the care and feeding of safety practitioners. And in the same vein of Safety Sucks, the original Safety Sucks, it's taking that little bit of kind of those, those sucky areas, those sucky areas, and then offering some solutions for them. You know, in the original Safety Sucks, we talked a little bit about solutions, but it was mostly the problem statement, right? And, and this book, it kind of follows up a little bit to that problem statement and really goes down the path of the organizational view and the uh, view of the safety practitioner and just helping make the safety practitioner's role more effective, making their life suck just a little bit less because being a safety practitioner should not, it should not sentence you to a life of suck. It's really talking about how we can move beyond this role of the safety practitioner being defined as a safety fixer, a manager of outcomes, a guru, a god, and a prophet, and really kind of as a punching bag for leadership. It's We're really talking about how can we, as organizations, from the organizational viewpoint, 
stop hemorrhaging our talented and high-performing safety practitioners to our competitors to, excuse me, I'm smacking my coffee cup in the background. That's, that's how you know this thing is real. That's, that's how you know this is a real pod, unscripted, just rolling with it. And if you hear some like really cool like kids' TV shows in the back, it's because it's summertime in Avery's home. So there you go. Let me throw in that note. But how we can stop hemorrhaging those talented and amazing and awesome high-performing practitioners to our competitors, to the company across the street, to different professions, or a lot just to the recliner. We, we are kind of in that whole great resignation thing, right? And safety practitioners in particular, many, many, many professions, but especially us, we can see through the bullshit now. We know that we should be treated better. We know that remote work is a possibility for us. We know that we do not have to kind of sit on site behind a desk going, I'm waiting on something bad to happen and I can never leave. Like we know that that's just not true. We cannot unsee, right? We cannot unsee. You can't, you can't pull that curtain back down. Like we know, we know, and we are more than willing to flee the organization for another organization that will meet us more in the middle, that will treat us a little bit better, that understands our role a little bit more and really more back to in the middle part. Like the, the pastures are greener sometimes elsewhere and more and more and more so now, especially in the midst of this great resignation. So how do we hang on to our safety practitioners? How do we as safety practitioners help to influence and create the most impactful role for ourselves as possible within the organizations that we serve? So if that sounds like something that you would be super duper interested in, I would encourage you to go check it out. You can find it on my LinkedIn profile. Probably the easiest way is just to go over to www.thehopnerd.com. And there's some links to all those books there, all the books that we just mentioned and some more and the podcast and some videos and all kinds of other stuff that you might be wanting to uh, wanting to check out. Uh, and ultimately, you find it on Amazon. Amazon is the easiest way to get your hands on this book. It is in paperback. It is in a Kindle version. It is a hardcover. And I'm working. I'm working diligently here here in the hot nerd studios to record the audio version of it uh, and speaking of which WTFRM I've got a lot of emails about people asking about when is this going to be an audiobook and it's it's recorded I'm just working through like the final little bits of that so as soon as it's ready to go I will post about it I will mention it here but it's just something for you to uh, be on the lookout for and, and before I forget, we started releasing weekly show notes that accompany these episodes. So by the time you're hearing this episode, the show notes are either on their way out or they are already out. And you can find those easily at the website or by heading over to LinkedIn and you can sign up for that handy dandy mailing list. And I, I'm, I don't think that I'm being too like mean when I say this, but it's a mailing list that kind of sort of doesn't suck. <laughs> like it's just notes and thoughts that I have from the podcast. When I sit down and I re-listen to like the rants that I kind of go through or in the future as we get back to having guests, which we're working on right now in the background in the moment, literally, literally as we speak, uh, sitting here chatting with some folks as we record. Uh, but you can go check out those show notes and you can see like a glimpse into maybe what I've got going on for that week. And then some thoughts behind the thoughts that you hear on the podcast or some expanded thoughts or some thoughts that I have kind of after the fact or stuff that folks have shared with me. I share pictures and all kinds of fun stuff like, you know, from personal life or things going on over the week and weekend. Uh, so I encourage you to go check those things out. Uh, subscribe to them where you can, like on LinkedIn. Make sure you join those kind of mailing lists and things. And it's just another resource. It's a companion. It's a companion to the show, which you can print out and you can use some of those topics or you can borrow and make better or however we, you know, you know how 
how we do things here in the world of uh, safety. Borrow, make better, move forward, all that kind of cool stuff. So what I wanted to talk to you a little bit about today, and I'm, I'm getting into another miniseries. I'm having fun doing like these little miniseries things, multiple episode extravaganzas, where we talk about a particular subject. And something that really stood out to me while writing this last book was this idea, and it is called The Care and Feeding of Safety Practitioners, but this idea of safety practitioner well-being. And let's just say, let's start right here and say that the role of the safety practitioner, that job, is a highly stressful job, typically, right? You're dealing with issues. You're dealing with injuries. You're responding to sometimes horrific things that have occurred in our work worlds or around our work worlds. And it's one of those things where we carry a lot of that stress, a lot of that weight on our shoulders. We see a lot of things that other folks within the workforce just do not see. And then on top of that, you throw in just the general stress of the job, the workload, the, for me, for some of us that really love work, sometimes the lack of sleep and all the other little bits of things that contribute to us kind of wearing ourselves down, marching rapidly down this road of burn out and eventually finding herself burnt out, depressed, tired, exhausted, whatever. You know where I'm going with this. You've been there. I've been there. Everyone that has operated in this space has been there. So I want to just dig into some of those things over the next few episodes. I have no clue how many this is going to be. I'm working on getting some guests here that are really focused in this kind of area as well. So we'll see how that works out. No promises, no promises. Uh, as people have kind of moved back into their non-virtual existence, getting people on the calendar is a lot tougher, myself included. I've been going back and forth with some other podcast stuff and some other kind of get-togethers and hangouts that I just have not been able to squeeze in yet. So I completely understand. But we're working on getting some of those folks here that have some really good ideas, some really strong opinions about these things, maybe so we can share some with you other than just my own. Well, over the next episodes, I really want to take some time to talk about our health as safety practitioners, our mental well-being as safety practitioners, our relationships, and shit, even, even our happiness, right? So I really want to dive into some of these subjects of passion and purpose and embracing your unique self and all that kind of squishy and fluffy stuff that we really like to uh, steer clear of, right? I, Life is entirely too short, right? Our days are entirely too numbered to spend them miserable and suffering. And to me, that also includes our working lives, right? <laughs> I want to throw that in there, that I want that it also includes our working lives. So I want to take a dive into that over these next few episodes and really talking about how we can take care of ourselves maybe a little bit better, not only so we can survive, but so we can thrive, as you know that old saying goes. Um, I want to chat about us living our best life at work, at home, and at play. We have pretended for far too long that work is supposed to be miserable, right? That it's supposed to be detrimental to our physical and mental health. That it is supposed to crush your soul. We've pretended all that bullshit for far too long. Wait, 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 way too long. We've pretended that there is some nobility, especially as safety practitioners. We do a really good job job of this and uh, we put it on ourselves our organizations put it on us the safety community at large kind of has put that on ourselves that there is some nobility in this suffering of the safety practitioner and we have done that for far too long that somehow through this suffering we are somehow demonstrating our commitment to safety our loyalty our dedication to our employer and ultimately i guess our profession but that's just such a load of freaking hot garbage 
right? Let's let's talk hot. That's just hot garbage. So let's talk about physical health, mental health, well-being, passion, purpose, and all the other scary, scary, scary stuff that we've avoided like COVID-19. And in this subject, I want to start right here. And, and the thing that I really want to start with is this, is that it's really, 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 really freaking hard to have conversations about our own personal well-being. And I think that some of that comes from what's really been like embedded within our minds, this idea that you should be tough, that we should just power through, that we got to be macho, macho man, Randy Savage. Like we got to be macho with everything that we do, right? And as I kind of already touched on a little bit, I, we, I really think that we really believe this, that work is suffering and suffering at work is an indicator of a job well done, right? That we play this game. We, we prop up this idea, one that kind of says that those who suffer the most are the most likely to succeed, to be recognized, to make it past the guillotine when work slowing down and layoffs are kind of right there in the distance, and you can hear it in the language that we use, right? We say things like, man, freaking Bob, John Bob, he's such a badass. He had food poisoning last week and he never missed a day of work. Like, and then no one ever touches on this part where Bob was like shitting himself and puking in his trash can in his cubicle all week and was like making constant trips back and forth and spending a small fortune on cold medications and adult diapers, you know, and that he was so freaking hopped up on meds and so dehydrated that he was like hallucinating. I know he was on like, like some trip there <laughs> in the office. Bob was having a blast. He didn't even know where he was at. All we hear. And a lot of what we say is like, job well done, Bob. Like everybody be more like Bob. Look how tough Bob was. He came to work. He got shit done. Uh, no, and no matter the suffering that he went through to do that, no matter the embarrassment of like shitting his pants that he went through to, uh, to do that. And we share this, this, I share this story in the book that we we're just talking about the new book, uh, the care and feeding of safety practitioners, right? Where I kind of explain this or get into this thought just a little bit deeper. Um, but we had this idea that work is more important than our own well-being, right? And it's this idea, it's this, this, this reason why we refuse to take sick days, especially not all four things that we don't consider to be real uses of sick days, like I don't know, mental health days, things that we really need. It's why we limp into the office, and this is where I'm kind of guilty of this especially. It's why we limp into work or we continue working uh, smothered in icy hot uh, when we should be on the couch because we've thrown out our backs. I throw out my back all the time. I got a real bad one. I was blessed with this gift of a bad back, so it's out all the time. Uh, it's why we push off our doctor's appointments or maybe psychological care, right? Work is far more important than our own well-being. We've been taught that being a good employee means sacrificing our own well-being for the benefit of our jobs. That the more pain and suffering that we can handle, the better employee we are. And when we say that out loud, like we're like, yeah, what bullshit? But I do it. Um, you do it. <laughs> we we all do it, and we still smirk and like you know whisper things in the background when we hear that one of our colleagues took some days off to de-stress. Right? We're like, whatever, loser. We whisper thoughts of doubt to ourselves when a coworker calls in sick, right? And we still pretend that there is some glory, some value, and nobly suffering through. And, and don't don't misinterpret my thoughts here. Don't don't take this in the wrong direction. Suffering can be beneficial. Pause. Right? So let's let's divert here a little bit. But suffering for the right thing, suffering for the things that matter, suffering that has purpose, suffering with an end goal, suffering that results in some type of well earned achievement that can only be gained through this hand-in-hand -hand walk with suffering. Dieting is suffering. 
especially for somebody like me. I'm in the process of dieting right now. We'll touch on that at some point in this well, this well-being thing. I'm not going to get down that rabbit hole, but I'll tell you a whole bunch of dieting stories here um, as I'm still losing my freaking COVID weight. And a lot of you are too. I know we're all struggling through, through that part of it together, but dieting is suffering, but it has a clear, intangible, positive result, especially for those of us that can lose a few pounds. But starving yourself, purging after every meal, hopping yourself up on all these freaking wacky weight loss drugs and over-the-counter God knows what, or worse, I, I just can't see the point in that suffering of destroying your health to drop a couple pounds. There's not so much. Putting in some extra hours to complete a critical project, probably a worthwhile journey with some light suffering. But padding your pants with the pins and sneaking off to vomit in your bathroom and tripping on cough syrup just so you can be tough and look like you really are a good employee. I, never missing a day of work just because you have the flu or coat or God knows what you have, right? Especially nowadays. I can't find the value in that suffering. So I, I, I would be withholding if I did not tell you, I'd be remiss if I did not tell you that I... I quite literally have the word suffer tattooed on my forearm. It's this constant reminder that some things that we seek in life requires a healthy dose of suffering. Like, we, we understand that. It's also this call to action, though, um, that while suffering will always exist, our mission should be to minimize it as much as possible. Or, at the very least, choose our suffering wisely. We get a choice, right? We get to choose what we suffer for, and we need to be choosing wisely suffering for the things that actually matter. We are really good at creating unrequired suffering for ourselves, especially when we embrace, embrace these notions that work should suck, that we have to endure massive amounts of pain and discomfort for the performance of our job to be high, to be high performers within the organization. We're creating unrequired suffering for others when we prop up those ideas, when we belittle those that try to kind of break from the pack, those that try to minimize their own suffering or, or minimize the suffering of those around them. We have to let go of this idea that the more that we suffer at work, the better we're doing in our jobs. And our organizations have to let go of this idea that like, yeah, look at Bob. He never misses a day of work ever. That means Bob is the best employee we got. Way to go, Bob. Keep shitting yourself at work and keep taking care of us. First and foremost, forget everything else around you, or at least have it in some really horrific skewed balance where work outweighs time with your children, work outweighs your own, your own mental health, your own physical health, work outweighs those things forever and always, Bob. We have to let go of those things. And let's admit right now that work will always result in some level of discomfort. This is not some hippity-dippity bullshit of like, oh, work's always got to be warm and fuzzy and fine. That's not what I'm talking about. Like, let's get real. Most of us would prefer to be sitting on the couch having a beer rather than locked away in some like drab cubicle, drab office in our drab working environments for 40 plus hours a week. If you're a safety person, that's usually more like 70 plus hours a week. Um, but we have some choice in the matter, right? We choose to suffer so that we can live the lives that we want to live so that we can make the impact on our workplaces that we want to make. But we also get to choose what we suffer for, right? Back to the point of choosing your suffering wisely. What we suffer in pursuit of, choose wisely. That's kind of the key point here. Rather than shitting your pants at work, take that day off so you can live to work another day. Take that day off so you can come back and you can focus on stuff that's actually important. Sitting there in your depends, tripping on cough syrup is not suffering in benefit of anything other than making yourself look like an absolute fool.
Now, another bit of, of preliminary information I think we need to get out before we dive into like these future episodes, which I don't have planned. We're just going to go with it and see where it takes it, it takes us. You know how I do these things. I want to talk a little bit about vulnerability and vulner vulnerability still scares the hell out of us, right? And that's really what we're starting to talk about here is to say I need is to admit your own vulnerability. We're usually, I, th I think, I think that we're more concerned with not revealing our squishy bits, our vulnerability, than we are with this kind of keeping this macho front up. We just don't want to be vulnerable. We have a real problem with admitting that we need help, much less asking for it. And that's myself included, right? That's all of us. We really care a lot about how our vulnerability will be perceived by those around us, by those that we respect, and really by those who sign our paychecks. We, f we really kind of feel that people will view us differently. They're all as lacking, as unstable, as imperfect. And they'll in turn treat us differently, especially as high-performing professionals, especially as high-performing professionals working in a demanding job, right, working in a demanding field, especially as professionals uh, serving kind of the rough and gruff industries, these macho industries that we often serve. So what do we do? We fake it. We pretend that all is well. We don't ask for help. Eh, we don't need any time away from this chaos. We don't, need, we don't require sleep or any of those other necessities that mere mortals require. We're definitely tough enough to handle it, much tougher than your average human. So we fake it. We fake it until it all comes crashing down on our heads, right? And man, oh man, oh man, does it come crashing down when it does. I've been there, you've been there, we've all been there. If you've been doing this job or a job like it for more than a second, we find ourselves back to where we started in this conversation. The, the bits on the end, the result, burned out, depressed, right? We've been foregoing these worldly pleasures of sleep and rest and family time and We've exchanged it for endless work, endless stress, endless problems, and it it results in exactly those things. So with like those bits of like preliminary information out of the way, that's kind of, I guess, the, the, the introduction to this mini series that we're going to explore and dig into and see what we can discover around better caring for ourselves at, as safety professionals. I want to leave you with a little bit of a reflection point if you'll humor me a little bit. So let me, let me throw out a couple questions to, for you to ponder on. I would love to hear your feedback on all of what we've talking, uh, talking, all of what we've talking about, all of which we have spoken about. So it's been a long morning. I've been up since like 5 a.m., guys. It's only 11.40 a.m. as I'm recording this thing. So I've, I've, been, I've been cooking and working for quite a few minutes already today. Um, so excuse me and my, uh, my, I guess I'm known for my, my misspeaking at this point. But let's pause for a quick reflection point and let me know your thoughts on the stuff that we have spoken about so far. Let me know your thoughts on some of these questions. And let me just throw this out there. How much have you lost for this job? Pause, right? So think about it. Has it been worth it? So in, in addition to those, and those can be some pretty painful things to reflect upon. I, I know they're painful for me. I know they've got to be painful for others out there. But I want you to take a second to think back over your career. Think about the sacrifices that you've made. Think about the things that you have given up, the time with loved ones, you know, all those things that you have given away or, or bartered away to your organization in exchange for being a high-performing, excellent employee, being a good, good safety practitioner. I want you to think back over the course of, of your career about all those things. What would you have done differently? What, what have you learned? And to take this just a bit deeper, for someone that you love and care about entering this profession or operating in a highly demanding and stressful career such as ours, what advice would you give them? What, what, what would you tell them? Is it worth it? Can you manage it? 
Are there better ways to manage it? What's that, uh, that balancing act? And I don't really like the term work-life balance. I just view it more as life. That's, it's just life. Sometimes, sometimes uh, we're busy and, and you do have to go to extremes to get the things done that you need to get done or want, want to get done, back to choosing or suffering wisely. I mean, writing a book, doing podcasts, sometimes that takes me away for a few minutes. Like as, as I mentioned just a second ago, Avery's in the other room home from home from uh, summer break, but we have that conversation. Even at seven, I'm like, I'm going to do a podcast. As soon as we get done, we're going to go do some fun stuff. So it, it's how do you fit all that stuff together? What advice would you give a younger you or your loved one that's entering a field such as ours or this field in particular? How would you ask them or, or tell them to manage these things so they don't have to learn the things that we have learned the hard way. And I know I've learned it the hard way. I'm certain that most of you out there listening, I, I kind of know the demographic. I know, I, I, I know how long many of you have been in this profession and I know you learned it the hard way, just like me. How would you teach them to avoid or not fall victim to those traps that cost us, some of us a lot along the way? How would you teach them to avoid them? So that's the intro. That's what we're going to be getting into over the next few episodes. If you have some information on some of these subjects, if you know of somebody that we should talk to, I would love to have you on the show. Back to the point of trying to get get back to doing some interviews and having some just really good open conversations. I'm working on it, and I would love for this to be the intro to that. So, again, if you're just a safety professional and you've been out there experiencing some of this stuff and you would like to just share your stories, that's cool, too. You don't have to come on here and say anything that's, like, earth-shattering, world-changing. If you got some of that, we'll take it, too, for sure. If you just want to come in and share some, share some, share some of your pro tips. I need some more coffee, guys. Somebody mail me some coffee. Jeez. Share some of the pro tips that you've learned along the way, or you want to come on and reflect about those questions. Just send me an email, thehopnerd.gmail.com, or hit me up with a DM on LinkedIn. Make sure you're following along there. Starting, I'm still social media fasting. I'm doing the Joe Rogan method now, um, which is I post and run away. So I post and then I don't read any of the comments. So you can say like really mean things about me. and I'm never going to see them. That's going to be fun. Um, <laughs> but I post, I post and run away. But you can get a hold of me through DMs there. You can get a hold of me through the email, um, the, the at gmail.com or www.thehopnerd.com. You can use those handy dandy contact forms. There's even a phone number there if you want to text me. That's an easy way to get a hold of me as well. Or you can call. People still do that, I think, nowadays. I just don't do it very often. But if you'd like to call, you can do that. We can even set up some time. You can go in there and click book some time with me on the main page of the thehopner.com and you can get some time on my calendar usually on a Fridays that's usually the times that I keep open to have some of these conversations or do some planning or do some podcasts and you can just book some time and we can have a quick little conversation and then include it in the podcast or not I don't know maybe you just want to catch up but there you go that's been the intro that's been a little bit of a call to action to let me know let me know what you want to hear us talk about let me know if you want to come on and talk or connect me with someone that you think would have some really good input on these subjects and so the next few episodes that's what we're going to be doing that's all I've got be sure to head over to the website and check out the new book the care and feeding of safety practitioners also do me a favor head over and check out my friends at SG world if you're ever in the need of some like really cool and useful safety products join me in supporting just a great company great bunch of folks over there at SG world they've got a ton of really cool products and stuff that's just problem solving and not just in the safety solution kind of space they've just got a ton of stuff that's helpful if you use the link down below that would be super duper handy take you straight to them and that also lets them know that the hot nerd sent you that's all I've got everybody until next time I look forward to diving into these subjects. Talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Bye.